0: Welcome into another edition of Pucking Thoughts Radio. I'm your host, Adam Bernard, and with me as always is uh, my right-hand man here, John Casilli. John, how are you? How you doing, Adam? Uh, we're going to, uh, you know, the big story of the day is the World Cup. And roster announcements. We'll get to that in our next recording. Today, we're just going to do a quick trade deadline recap. It was a few days ago, but definitely worth talking about. The trade deadline itself was kind of quiet because all the major deals happened in the days and weeks leading up to it. But nonetheless, there were certainly winners. There were certainly losers. And I think, you know, I, I, I can't imagine anybody finding an argument against the Chicago Blackhawks just absolutely winning the trade deadline period, we'll call it. I mean, there may not, I don't think there's a deeper team in the NHL right now, and that's without Marion Hoss on the lineup, who's supposed to come back soon.
1: Yeah, they definitely really made some very strong moves, really committed to, to filling out their roster with a bunch of depth. And, um, and Andrew Land is the big hole, the big, the big prize.
0: Not only did they get a perfect fit in terms of what they were looking for in Ladd, but he also happened to be arguably the biggest prize out there on the trade deadline.
1: Yeah, and they didn't really have to give him too much. I mean, that first-round pick next year kind of hurts, but if you're going to win this year, what does it matter where you're drafting next year? You still have a stud stud group of guys who are ready to just win again in 2017. It doesn't doesn't really matter. I mean, Marco Dano, they tried him out. I guess that he wasn't really going to be a fit for that team with the emergence of Panarin mm-hmm. um, coming in. It kind of made him pretty expendable. I kind of feel bad because back when Dano was on Columbus, I was kind of... Interested to see how he would, uh, you know, mature because he did have some talent there. Mm -hmm.
0: Now, Um, what else? Now, you look at the Blackhawks and the moves they made, the people they brought in were obviously they brought in Andrew Ladd. We discussed him and he's going to be playing on that line with Jonathan Taves and Marion Hossa when he returns and that's a scary top line especially considering that their quote-unquote second line is arguably the best line in the NHL this year Artemi Anisimov Patrick Kame Artemi Panarin how you mentioned they also bring in Dale Wiest Thomas Fleischmann Wiese gives you size, a guy that can put the puck in the net. Fleischman gives you a good all-around player, and they add Christian Ehrhoff, who, yes, his best days are clearly behind him. But to be on your third pairing, I'll take Christian Ehrhoff. They—they are just—they're stacked. I, you know, I thought the Kings could were certainly at their level going into these moves. It's very tough for me to think that the Chicago Blackhawks are going to be in the Western Conference playoffs and my other point on the Hawks is yeah fine they gave up a first round pick but you know what when you're in a position like the Chicago Blackhawks when you've won three championships in six years and there's no reason to think you can't win another three championships over the next six years so what screw the first round picks this is your time you can build a dynasty you need to do it because you're kind of almost there and you're definitely have a nice large window to extend that potential dynasty
1: yeah the one thing um you obviously remember Michael Roosevelt, but <laughs> i I can't believe um that he was on the team for that long, and now you had get Erhoff and he just slots right into poor Roosevelt's position, and, and now Roosevelt is just expendable, you know so you see the, the the inner workings of their the what Chicago is really going after, and and they just filled out their bottom six big time by adding Fleischman and Weese, um, Weese being the former Ranger. I wish him the, I wish him all the best.
0: Now the t- another team in the West that I thought under the radar really improved their team and gives them a chance to not only you know against Anaheim in the first round, but potentially beat the Kings in the second round, is the San Jose Sharks. They made two deals with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, The first deal back on February 22nd, they bring in defenseman Roman Polak and forward Nick Spaulding for a couple of second round picks and Rafi Torres, you know, it certainly doesn't hurt to get a little size and grit on the blue line there with Polak, and Spaulding is a good bottom six forward. And then in their second trade with Toronto, only five days later, they bring in Jeremy Morin and James Reimer for Alex Daylock, Ben Smith, and a 28 18 conditional fourth round pick. I love the addition of James Reimer here because he's certainly a guy that can start. He's shown he can start. You know, he led them to the playoffs that one year, a couple of years ago, but also can be a backup and can sit for stretches and still play well because Martin Jones has done nothing to sit, but you certainly have a much better guy there and a great insurance policy in the crease. And like I said, Spoling gives you bottom six depth and Roman Polak is certainly a quality defenseman that can play on your second or third pairing.
1: Yeah, you look at San Jose and the moves that they made, and they made them specifically to address the playoff situations, right? There, there's no shortage of scoring on that team. So no. once you get into the playoffs, you need defense and you need goaltending. And they got the Roman Polak, who's going to be your bottom your bottom paired defender, and he's just going to be grimy and gritty and very, very sturdy and just play defense and, and just wear down opponents over a seven-game series with his brutal hits. He's a big, big man. And then you get Reimer, uh, you know. Not that proven in the playoffs. Uh, same like Martin Jones. Uh, you can you can see what they're trying to get at for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. If if Martin Jones hits, has a little struggle, they have somebody know, they can trust. You just trust Reimer. You get him in there, and then Martin Jones gets hot. You Mar- You bring him back. I mean, you have you have options. And whereas before Staylock, you know they they knew what they had in Staylock,
0: and obviously they made the deal because Staylock is he's not able to, to shoulder the load. He's a backup. You know, he's an NHL-caliber backup. He's a guy that can play every, you know, bunch of games, and that's all he is. Now, also keep in mind here with the Sharks' situation. Doug. After Tom McClellan got fired last season, you know, you got to think that Doug Wilson, GM there, might be, you know, if the Sharks, you know, flame out in the first round and don't have a good showing, that that could be his last trade deadline. So he didn't have a choice but to be active. Now, that's a nice segue to the next team, who should have been crazy active, on trade deadline day and did nothing and that's the Vancouver Canucks who are one spot behind the Sharks in the division in the Pacific but they are not a playoff team and you and I had this conversation a, a few weeks ago when we recorded that don't if you're if you're the Canucks don't think trick yourselves into thinking you can compete for the playoffs you're not a playoff team get what you can and they had two pieces that should have fetched a, at least a you know a nice little basket of picks between and Verbata and Dam Hamhui and they got nothing
1: They had absolutely nothing. I mean, maybe there just wasn't demand for those guys or they're asking for too much. I I don't understand. But but Bob has just had a terrible season. Um, It it seems like he's actually injured right now. But, I mean, you still want to get that guy on your team if you can. If you're looking for a push in the playoffs, that guy can provide so much scoring and so much assists. Uh, it, It doesn't make sense. I mean, Vancouver is really going nowhere this year. No. I mean, just, just sell them. Just fire sale. I mean, it, it it doesn't make sense. I don't know what they're thinking about.
0: And you said, like, oh, fine, maybe they could not get anything for them. But they're both leaving at the end of the year. Vancouver's clearly a team that's trending downward and more towards a rebuild. So you know what? If the best you can do for Rodham Verbata is, like, a third this year and a fifth next year, so what? It's something. It's It'll <laughs> help. Same thing, you know, on the blue line. You know, the, the Dallas Stars were hot on, you know, Dan's – heels for, to bring him into Dallas, but you know what? They ended up getting a better defenseman than Chris Russell from the Flames. So they, they're they basically with their hands in their pockets not doing anything at the deadline, and you gotta wonder what's gonna happen in Vancouver this offseason, because it's it's the Sedin twins, you know, fine, you got Jake Verton and, and uh, you know Horvat, Lyndon Vay, Jared McCann, you know, the future is bright there, but they, they should have gotten something for those things. I, I just can't believe they're gonna let them walk at the end of the day. Inexcusable. Now, another team that they tried to help themselves the deadline, they made moves, I just don't think these moves were sexy enough, were the Boston Bruins. Now, you could talk about that Atlantic division right now, and it truly is a wide open. The Lightning could win that division. The Panthers certainly could win that division. Detroit could get hot. And Boston is still in the mix, and they're very likely a playoff team. But... If you had to, if I had to say who was the weakest of those four, it would be the Bruins. And the only improvements that they made was bringing in Lee Stepniak, who, yeah, when you look at his numbers, they're pretty good numbers. It looks like the perfect rental. But all of those numbers came in the first half of the season. He hasn't done squat in a while, and he's been very cold. And Lee Stepniak doesn't usually produce at the numbers he has. So there's no indication to think, other than maybe a quote-unquote change of scenery, that he's going to get going. The other move they make is John Michael Isles, who to me is – Barely an NHL caliber defenseman at this point in his career. Didn't really cost a lot, but I don't know. I don't think those moves are really helping the Bruins at all this year. I don't see it. I, I just, I don't see it. Lyles is only going to be
1: a power play guy for them. He's not going to play in the playoffs and defensive situations against tough competition. He's a liability. And you already have Tori Krug out there and, and Kevin Miller as well, who's a homegrown prospect, who's really emerged this year as someone who can put the puck in the net or produce assists or push play or make that first pass. So the fact that they inquired Lyles doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand. I mean, it maybe fills out the the, the six defensemen, but for the playoffs, I don't see it. Um, and for Lee Stintniak, I think it would. Ha- I think it helps them. I, I really can see that helping their power play. I think their power play is actually pretty good this year. And adding Lee Stemniak, he, he, the man can put the puck in the net when he needs to. For I mean, he had who was passing him the puck when he was in New Jersey? Well, Mike Camillary you know, before he got hurt, but yeah, shitty Mike
0: Camillary right? Mike now Kamalari he's going shitty.
1: But I do, I do totally shitty. But but look at what the situation he is in now, right? He's going, he's to, be going to be playing on a
0: line on... with Bergeron than Marchand, which is a pretty exactly. good situation there in Herit.
1: And but. if he gets onto the power play, he's going to be playing with Krejci as well. You know, he's got P- Pasternak also and Spooner. Like, these guys know how to score. They, they really have a, a system up there. And Stemniak has proven that he can fit into pretty much any system and produce because he is a pretty average kind of player. So, I can see the Stemniak to trade, and I do like that, but... The John Michael Lyles trade does not make any sense. And uh, the fact that they didn't make any trades beyond these two moves, I agree with you. This is something that's just kind of lacking in a division where they could have made a push to really secure their spot.
0: And the other thing about the Bruins' activity at the deadline is everybody thought Louis Erickson was going to be on the move. And he's staying. Now, it's a risky move because Louis Erickson is going to get some offers in the offseason, so he may leave Boston for nothing. Now, unless they know that – He's Unless Don Sweeney knows, hey, we're going to get Louis Erickson signed. and he's going to stay, I think that's a mistake because you could have used Louis Erickson to maybe get a better defenseman than John Michael Lyles. You know, you, that could have been part of your return back for a guy like Louis Erickson. But, you know, we'll see how the chips fall. You know, Boston's playing better than I thought they were going to be playing at this point in the season. So, good. you know, we'll see what happens in the playoffs. You seem to like that Lee Stepniak move. Now... Staying in the Atlantic Division, uh, excuse me, moving over to the Metropolitan Division, the Carolina Hurricanes, you know, they had an interesting trade deadline because they had a couple of pieces to move. Obviously, Eric Stahl, the big piece, they get a couple of second round picks, and uh, Rangers prospect uh, Sorella, can't think of his first name off the top of my head, sending Eric Stahl to Broadway. You knew he was going to be gone at the end of the year year, once they, you know, cooled off a couple of weeks ago. But, you know, not, and they, you know, we just talked about the aforementioned uh, John Michael Lyles trade. But it, they kind of got screwed, in my opinion, because if you looked at the goalie market this year, there wasn't a ton of teams that needed it that are in the playoff mix. San Jose was one that you can make the argument for, but once they brought in Reimer, they were off the market. Montreal, if they were still playing good hockey, they would have been the perfect fit for to bring in Cam Ward. They probably could have, you know, Carolina and Montreal probably could have worked something out there. But once Montreal went in the dumpster fire that they are right now, they weren't going to make any moves to bring in a rental goalie. So market dried up for Carolina there and Ron Francis. So who knows what's going to happen with Cam Ward at the end of the year.
1: I liked some of the moves that Carolina made. Um, You look at them and and they did get hot. And remember we did talk about how they should not get fooled about this most recent hot run and that they don't have – the potential to even make the playoffs or make a run at all. So they should just sell. And what they're doing is selling. I mean, Chris Versteeg, they got rid of him. They got a mm-hmm. fifth-round pick. And uh, Valentin Zykov, or Zykov, getting rid of Stahl. He's a UFA next year. They got two second-rounders in the player. You mentioned Alexi Sorella. The, the John Michael Lyles trade, again, you get a third and a fifth and a player. That's three players for John Michael Lyles. I will take that every day of the week on the Carolina side. Uh, and then the other trade, Dennis Robertson for Drew McIntyre. They're selling, you know. I mean, they're really trying to load up on picks and, and really rebuild. I mean, they have a good they have a good base there. Elias Lindholm, Jeff Skinner is going to be around there for a while.
0: If mm-hmm. they could just sort out their goalkeeping, your goaltending, they could be pretty steady for a little while. And don't forget about the blue line uh, anchored by uh, Noah Hannifin as well. He's going to be a nice little yeah. defenseman for them in the years to come. Now heading south on 95, we go towards the Florida Panthers, who you know, they weren't one of the teams that were necessarily making the sexy moves at the trade deadline, but they certainly made some of the right moves. One of them, bring, you know, adding some defensive depth, bringing in Jakob Kindel. The other one, bringing in some more scoring depth with Yuri Hudler from Calgary, who I think is a nice fit for that squad. And, you know, like we talked about when we uh, were talking about the Bruins, is the Atlantic division's wide open. So anybody can have that division. And Florida certainly has been probably the most consistent team also season
1: yeah they definitely have it's it's been an interesting kind of go for Florida uh, they've been struck recently with a, a bunch of injuries uh, the Huberdeau injury Barkov just came back but he was out for a while so you could see you know the, their thinking is just adding some veteran veteran scoring and in, um, in Hoodler and also Teddy Purcell mm-hmm. he's you a very good sc- you
0: know, good tough the, guy up front
1: but, and it only cost them a third round pick you know it's it. it I mean, obviously, they've traded three pick, four picks for these three players, but Florida feels like they can win right now. And to be honest with you, in the next couple of years, they could compete. They have a bunch of young talent that's coming up. And Luongo is having a renaissance, like a newfound career, basically, in Florida. It's it's amazing. You have Montoya, who's a capable backup. So why not make these moves right now? Why not mortgage a little bit of the future? And as you said before, try to try to go as far as you can in the playoffs in order to put fans in those seats. That's a that's a big reason why they're making a lot of these moves.
0: It's important, you know that that franchise hasn't always drawn well. You know, all the, we've all seen the pictures. You know, when a team like Ottawa comes to town, where they say the announced attendance is twelve thousand, it's like, yeah, okay. Uh, what do you count? Then everybody is two or three, um, but. They're 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 a team that's going to be you know they're going to have they're not going to be the best team in the playoffs certainly they're not going to have the best player in the playoffs but they're going to be able to roll three four lines in the playoffs and that's what you need when you're uh, trying to get deep into the playoffs screw it we're going to keep going here because we're having a good time here I got two more teams we want to get to I know you wanted to talk about the Colorado Avalanche bringing in Mikkel Bodker and they had Eric Gelinas from the uh, New Jersey Devils both at minimal costs. I love the addition of Bodker. They're going to have a very, very fast line there on the top line with Nate McKinnon. You know, I, they, they sense that, hey, we're gonna have a shot at a wild card. Let's go for it because Nashville is okay but nothing special, and Minnesota's been struggling. We're right right in the mix to get into the playoffs this year.
1: Yeah, I really like it. Um, I mean, they had to get rid of Tangag he has been a, a fairly good – producer for the team, Mm -hmm. but obviously he's getting a little long in the tooth, so for them to get Bodker and bring him in and really put him on a line with their studs, it it shows something to Bodker. If they could sign him in the offseason, Bodker and keep him there, watch out for that team. I mean, they've already got a bunch of talent, a bunch of offense there, and and their acquisition of of Eric Jelena, that's pretty good for their defense. I mean, that's that's the one thing, defense and goalie, that I would say that they have to really kind of go after. Um, in the future to really be- for them to become a stable team.
0: Because right now, they're, all, they're only offense. That's it. That's all they
1: have.
0: You're right. All they have is offense. There's certainly, you know, the defense is thin and uh, the goaltending could be suspect with Varlamov in a slump right now. But certainly, they are in the playoff mix. Now, the last team we want to get to here is the Calgary Flames. They're, you know, they've made some moves with Hudler, like we talked about with the Panthers, but I was a big fan of that Chris Russell trade to Dallas because Dallas certainly could use some help on the blue line because they are going to have a hell of a road to the conference finals having to go through St. Louis and Chicago. So getting a guy that can block shots and that could certainly improve the depth on the blue line and step in on your second pairing and maybe play with a guy like Oduya. It's a smart move for Dallas, but you really like the move. uh, You like a lot of the moves that Calgary made at the deadline. They they, uh, certainly put themselves in a good position moving forward for uh, next season and beyond.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. They're... They looked themselves in the mirror and they saw what they had, and they they knew that they're not going to make a long run into the playoffs. And they decided, hey, we have a bunch of scoring already. A lot of young guns on this team. We got Johnny Goodrow, Sean Monahan, Sam Bennett. A lot of these young guys who are really reaching their prime. Are we really going to sign Yuri Hudler? Maybe, maybe we're going to sign him. Maybe not. Let's see what we can get for him. They get two picks for him. It's two players. It's great. I mean, you're going to have guys in like a couple years, three, four years. By the time that Johnny Grudeau turns like, what, 23, these these picks are probably going to be in the system probably reaching NHL time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a good deal for one. The second deal that I really like is the Chris Russell deal. I, they have a bunch of defensemen already on that team. Um, they've got Giordano, Brody, Hamilton. These guys are – your sturdy stable defenseman who can do both defense and offense. Yes, Brody airs more towards the offensive portion of the mm-hmm. the defenseman level, but when you have Chris Russell in there as a fourth defenseman just blocking shots, why not get get the most that you can for him? He's only going to get older. He's only going to get more banged up with the style of play that he really has every night, which is just blocking tons of tons of shots mm-hmm. and in Dallas he's going to continue to block tons of shots so for them to get a young defenseman in, in Yerky Yokipaka, this Brent Pollock guy and a second round pick that's three players for one player that you never were going to really have as much as you really need out of that one player I mean you could always get guys to stand in front of shots
0: uh, I think Calgary wins out on that trade and the other thing, too, you know, Brad Treliving does a great job there in Calgary. So, Like, he's, like you had said, he astutely realized, all right, we're not going to do anything this year. Let's cash in as much as we can. And, heck, even a guy like David Jones, who was an unrestricted free agent at the end of who he didn't think would have value, he got, you know, a pick and a, you know, a backup goalie, Nicholas Backstrom, uh, back for a guy that was, you know, you weren't going to bring back anyway. So they got they Like you said, the guys like Goudreau... Monahan, you know, Hamilton, those guys are all going to be hitting their primes in a couple of years, and now you got a bunch of picks that you can keep the pipeline going and keep, you know, building around this team so they can be competitive and have a long run and not just one shot at the can like last year, and then you get caught into thinking, well, we're close, so we're going to add some other guys instead of selling what we have, and then that just becomes a train wreck if it doesn't pay off and win for you. So... Calgary certainly one of the big winners in terms of moving forward and being a team that's rebuilding. I mean, it, it was like we said at the top of the show here. The trade deadline itself certainly wasn't a great day, but a lot of good moves happening up to that. And I think the playoff contenders have uh, all made themselves better for the most part. And I think it was, uh, we're going to have a good Stanley Cup playoffs coming up here in mid-April can't wait now after the Stanley Cup playoffs were over after uh, Lord Stanley's been handed out it's going to be the next thing to look forward to will be the 2016 World Cup in Toronto all the eight rosters were announced today 16 of the 23 spots for each team still time to uh, earn your way onto those uh, respective rosters if you're a candidate for some of those teams and uh, the next time we talk to you on Pucking Thoughts Radio we're going to break down all eight rosters and we're going to give you our top to bottom one to eight and who we think going to take home the gold John it was a pleasure tonight
1: Thanks, Adam. See you next time.
0: All right. We'll talk to you again soon here on Pucking Thoughts Radio.